Welcome to Atlas, the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society. Hello and welcome to Atlas, the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society. Before we begin today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nations on whose land I am streaming from today. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Uh, sovereignty was never ceded. If you're watching live today, please feel free to comment below any questions or contributions you may have. Um, today's theme is we're talking all about the Samoan election, which has, for the most part, part finished, but is still ongoing. We don't have direct results yet. Um, before we get into it, though, I want to um, introduce, uh, advertise some things going on with Myers at the moment. We've got our Model UN training happening this Friday at 6.30. It's one of our many training sessions. I think this one's specialising in public speaking. Um, so definitely check that out on our Facebook page. Um, also, you can listen to the Monash, our friends at Monash Future Thinkers have um, have a podcast and they release a bunch of different episodes that are all very interesting, but we think Myers listeners, Atlas listeners may be particularly interested in their episode with Lucy Stronach, who's the current Australian youth representative to the United Nations. Um, it also features Myers president Hammer Hosen. Um, so definitely check that one out. I'll put a link in the episode description. Um, we're also joined today by the wonderful Romario, who is the president of, of the uh, Monash Association for Civic Students. Welcome, Romario. How are you today? Um, thank you for that, Georgia. I'm good. Thank you. Um, like I said, Romario is the president of MANA. Um, uh, we'd also like to advertise because Mana's address today. We, um, they, you guys are going to be at um, Monash Clayton campus tomorrow for the MSA Cultural Festival, which is happening today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Um, so definitely check that one out because I think um, there's going to be lots of stuff going. Um, and that Mana's going to be there at one pm tomorrow. Is that right? Um, so we'll be there from twelve to three, but we'll be performing at one o'clock. And uh, the location at the moment is Menzies Lawn, but I think if it rains, it'll be moved to the airport lounge as it did today. Hey, easy. So that sounds really good. Um, Mario, thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to um, introduce a little bit? Do you want to introduce Mana and what you do there? And um, yeah, tell us about Mana. Yeah. Um, so we established the monash association of pacific students in uh 2019 end of 2019 um it was with a bunch of other pacific students and then um 2020 would have been our first year but you know due to covid we couldn't really um do our activities but it never stopped us from doing it online so the whole reason of why we established this club was to just provide another home for Pacific students, especially ones that come from overseas, from the Pacific Islands. They come here and it's just a whole new world. Um, they don't know anyone. And we just, um, we decided to create this club so they can feel at home, they can be comfortable. And just so that we can give them support as well into connecting them with other university students, but also with university services. Um, and yep so far so good um we've i didn't know there was going to be this many um pacific students 
but also we've had other members um, from other cultures interested in joining our club as well. So it's been really good. That's awesome. Yeah, Mines, I think we collaborated on the, some events we've collaborated in the past. Um, we had the Fiji Ambassador last year online, so if you came to yeah. that um, from either Mana or Mayas. That's how you know us. But, yeah, you're doing excellent work. Definitely go check them out on Facebook. I'll leave a link to what they're doing and definitely check out the Cultural Festival. Um, awesome. So uh, to start us off today, um, we'll go straight into Mr Worldwide, which is our news segment. Um, we're just doing a quick rundown of the, this episode so that we can get into the main topic, which is the Samoan election, because I feel like that's the big topic of today. So um, here are the main headlines in the news today. Uh, in science news, just last night, we could see the first few pics from NASA's Ingenuity helicopter, which is very exciting. Um, the Australian government has announced a Royal Commission into veteran suicides, which has been called for for a long time. So it's good to say it's finally happening. Uh, the COVID-19 situation has gotten very bad in India and New Delhi has gone into a lockdown for one week. Um, so we're hoping things get better there soon. Um, and also uh, Russian opposition Navalny uh, has been, leader Navalny has been transferred to hospital as his health worsens. And there's been a bit of commentary from um, some countries. And um, I think France in particular has said, if he dies, that will not be um, looked upon greatly by, uh, uh, won't be a good look for Russia, basically. So that's things to keep an eye on. Um, in Myers's own personal news, um, we're going to Pivot Corner now. Um, Pivot is uh, the publication of Myers, um, which um, publishes articles written by students, um, all run and edited by students. So you should definitely check it out if there's a Pivot Facebook page, but you also can see them on the Myers Facebook page. I um, wanted to highlight this week an uh, article that was written or published about a month ago. It's written by ex-president, former president, Ryan Attard, um, and it was um, on the Pacific Islands Forum because I thought it was relevant as we have... Um, the president of the Monash Association of Pacific Students here today, I thought um, it'd be good for people to check that out. Even though it's not specifically on Samoa, I was like, oh, I, I think that's close enough. So I definitely think you should um, read it, sort of all about the um, politics um, of the Pacific Islands Forum and why it's not as strong as it once used to be. Um, very good article. Check it out. And check out what they're doing recently. There's been way more recent articles um, on things happening at the moment. Um, so definitely check that out. Okay, all that out of the way. Let's go into the Samoan election, what we're actually here for. Um, I want to begin with some context because like myself, I realised that um, no, not everyone knows the very specific, like the political history and context. Um, of Samoan politics, so here's a little spiel just to get everyone introduced to it. Um, so Samoa ga gained independence from New Zealand in 1962 and the main political party, the Human Rights Protection Party or the HRPP, have been in power since 1982. Uh, so this election is the first time there has been a serious opposition to the HRPP, um, this time in the form of the uh, FAST party, F-A-S-T. Um, FAST is led by the former Deputy Prime Minister of Samoa and the HRPP is led by the incumbent PM. So there are a lot of tensions there. 
not to mention if Fast wins the election, uh, the leader will become the first woman to be Prime Minister of Samoa, and we'll get into it into a second in a second. Um, but nobody could have predicted how close the election would be, and it's incredible that's still ongoing. So as you can see, this is a highly interesting election, and I'm so excited to have Romari around today so you can talk about what's going on. Um, as a Samoan citizen living and studying in Melbourne, um, I think your insight is going to be really interesting. Um, so, Romario, to start us off, can you tell us a bit about the expectations, what the expectations were heading into this election? Um, thank you for that, Georgia. That was a lot of information to just absorb in. But, yeah, the expectations heading into this election, I would say, for me personally, I um, I saw FAST as a really strong opposition, but I didn't know that they would like gain this many seats. So at the moment, they're at a tie with uh, 25 seats each. So I still expected HRPP to win, but I did not expect the gap to be this close. And it was just established last year. So no one really knew last year. No one really knew what was going to happen. No one knew that there was going to be a party as strong as fast that would um that would go up against hrpp so yeah um it was not expected at all um they just came out of nowhere and just took everyone by a surprise but which i'm also happy with it's great to have a, an opposition to the um to the ruling party yeah um so what is sort of the history um the last few years been looked like like what was the last federal election which was in 2016 what did that look like was that completely hrpp led was there any sign of any future potential opposition there um so the last elections the only other probably um the only other opposition would have been another party called tautua which we can just say ts so that was probably the you know the best opposition they had but the last elections they faced like a huge defeat um they couldn't gather enough members to form an actual opposition so not many of their members were elected if i could remember correctly i think you need eight to form an opposition but they had less than eight so hrpp was we were basically a once once um one party state and um, yeah, we went in, everyone went in thinking they would win, that um, TS would gain enough seats, but they ended up not. So that was a bit, um, that was a bit harsh. Um, but, you know, it's all part of democracy. The people have spoken and everyone moved on. But, yeah, it was, it was uh, also we had, I think they introduced the bill to um, have at least 10% women in parliament. So the last elections, they only had four. So one one woman was, you know, she was automatically um, put into a position in parliament because in order to satisfy that, that policy. Yeah, so then that meant there was an extra seat created. Is that what ha happens there? Yeah, an extra seat was created for her. Yeah, right. So that changes the whole structure of parliament, which yeah. is really interesting. Um, so you mentioned that FAST was, like, created pretty recently within the last mm. year, which is wild, seeing how um, much success it has now. 
Um, what tensions arose in the lead up to this election that you think caused there to be such a strong opposition? Yep. Uh, so I think last there were three very controversial bills that the um, that HRPP brought forward. And that's what really caused the divide between especially the deputy prime minister and the prime minister. She stood against that, um, against those three bills. And then, so the three bills basically, I think to sum it up would be, it was, it would allow um, foreigners to also purchase land in Samoa. And this, I'm gonna, it's gonna get complicated, but um, in the Samoan culture, the family, it's very extended and everyone has a right to the land, to the family land. It's not held by one person. You know, if they want to do something, they have to discuss with the whole extended family. But these bills basically um, puts one person, which is the head of the family, in charge. And that person can do whatever he or she wants with the land. So if they want to sell it without consulting everyone else and they can just do so and yeah so that bill um caused a lot of divide a lot of people um um the deputy prime minister stood against it so she ended up leaving hrpp because of it and also for um, the deputy leader of fast he was the former speaker of the house so his one was more complicated there were um there were many other events that happened. Uh, there were some charges against him, but which he came out victorious. He proved he came out, um, he was founded not guilty by the courts. Um, there were charges for theft and for bribery and just a lot of um, corruption. But yeah, that caused him to like really just step away from, from HRPP and his constituency told him that he should leave and start his own political party so he started it first and then the deputy prime minister left um hrpp and then she joined and became the leader as well so yeah hope that was um understandable and that made sense to everyone yeah there's a there's a lot going on here which is like unsurprising it happens in all politics but i don't know i yeah. just find this particular case so fascinating and this election has definitely been one to watch um, so you sort of mentioned that we've talked about how HRPP has been like really unopposed, basically unopposed for such a long time. And the current incumbent PM has um, been in power for 22 years, which makes um, him the second longest serving prime minister in the world, I found out, which is a wild. Um, so I was wondering... Um, do you think other than like obviously the key policy stuff is important, but do you think that part of it is that people are really inspired and like hoping for change because they want, they like to see like, you know, like democracy in action, find, you know, finally seeing, you know, a bit of healthy competition going on? Do you think that's an element of it? Yep. Um, so I can't speak for everyone, but um, just from my perspective, I think that, people some people do want change but also there's a large number of people that want to keep things the way they are um i hear a lot of this saying if it if it ain't broke don't fix it you know so they think it's okay like we're still doing good but just like you um like you said there's it's always good to have healthy competition 
it's always good to um for two parties and keeping each other in check but um i would say personally i would um i hope for change but just not because of something bad but i just want to see something new yeah exactly something yeah. different yeah. yeah um yeah you've sort of given us an i was going to ask about the policies but you've sort of given us a good overview um is the main sort of policies of fast is that sort of opposing those three bills that you mentioned specifically is there any other key points of difference between the two parties yep i would say the main um the main difference would be hrpp is they lean more in towards developments of like building more infrastructure and just um so for example they've had um they, we've we had a new hospital new airport and just a whole lot of new buildings and just last year christmas they did they lit up the whole city with for christmas they did like a light festival which i think was pretty cool but fast um they stand against it they say they should work more on the relationships and the interactions of the people so what's inside buildings instead of so focus on that first before focusing on the outside so with families um and just within businesses and within ministries they want to really strengthen the bond between people first yeah right oh that's very interesting that's an interesting point of difference like it's not something i think you'd see we definitely wouldn't really see in australia is that like i like the yeah. idea that's probably been used as a like a political like tagline but they're inside the buildings rather than outside mm. so yeah. yeah it's not something i feel like i've seen before um so the gen so to sort of pivot to what is happening now and what is actually going on with the elections the ele general elections were held a couple of weeks ago and results have come out and things are surprisingly close close as you mentioned the official count was released on friday the 16th of april and it revealed um that with the 51 seats of the Samoan Parliament currently, currently um, both FAST and HRPP have 25 each, so they are tied, and there is one seat left, and it's held by an independent representative, um, and it looks, and he's, whoever he decides to, you know, join with will determine who the government is. It looks like we're not going to know anytime soon who the leader is, um, do you have any as hard as it is to predict these things do you have any predictions for how things will turn out um i think i have no idea so personally i had no idea but from what i've read um but i really don't like counting the eggs before they hatch so but from before i saw i think i came across some interviews from fast and the deputy prime minister, the former deputy prime minister, which is now the leader of FAST, she mentioned that prior to elections, um, the independent candidate did say if he was to win, he would join the FAST party. But I was like, but now she's saying, we don't know. Like, you'll, we'll yeah. never know because, yeah, I think now that um, taking into consideration what's happening and just how much his decision will impact the whole country. I think there's just a lot more factors to, to that are now added in. So he has to take that all into consideration now. Yeah, but it's a lot did, of pressure for yeah. one person. Yeah, but he did say he would go to consult his constituency because 
they were the people that put him in power. So they should be the ones deciding where he would go. But yeah. there's also the factor that we're very, it's a Christian, Samoa's a Christian country. So he has also made comments saying he's um, relying on God and what, um, whatever he feels like God would want him to do, that's what he would do as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit a bit of a burden for one person to decide. So yeah. I don't blame him for taking his time. <laughs> um, we sort of already talked about this and, like, it has been really shocking, these results. Um, what do you think it is? Uh, it's hard It's hard to tell. Obviously, you don't have all the answers. But what do you think it is about FAST that made them so popular so quickly um, and, like, made these, like, results be so close <laughs> yeah um so i think they really we have two main islands and the biggest island is not the that one is less populated than the other one with so we have savai and upolu and upolu has the city and the capital so they're more populated and fast really campaigned in the other island the bigger island they really like they did their road shows and i think that was I'm not sure if it's ever been done before in the country, but yeah, their roadshows were really good. Uh, they went around the whole country um, talking to people and actually listening to what they had to say, what they wanted to change. And then they added that into their manifesto and like into their plan of what they would, what changes they would do if they would be in power. And um, another one would be the overseas salmons the ones living abroad especially here in australia and in new zealand they had really strong support for for fast uh they they donated a lot of money so leading up to the elections they had so many fundraisings and they donated over a million a million in salmon tala which is a currency they donated over a million which is a lot of money and so yeah, just because I think they campaigned a lot, um, they used social media, they really, they used um, Facebook, which was, um, which is very popular in the country. So they were able to, um, how do you say it? They were able to reach a lot of, a lot of um, members of the general public, especially youths as well. I'm just looking up how much that is in Australian dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a million Carla is uh, almost half a million in Australian dollars. So, yeah, a lot of money mm. in donations. And something we talked about that's sort of connected there. Um, oh, hang on. Yeah, something we talked about that's sort of related is when we were discussing this before, um, a huge element of this election has been who has been able to vote. Um, I wasn't aware of this until you brought up your personal experience which i think is really fascinating can you give us an insight into some of the issues uh prohibiting people from voting yep um so there's no you can't vote online so there's no online ballot so especially during covid with a lot of people being stuck overseas um say for example me i would have loved to go home and vote and then maybe come back but Due to COVID, I can't do that. So it would have been 
really nice to have an online option available because I know it's not just me. There's people all around the world that would, would have loved to take part and also exercise their right to vote. Um, the other thing is the legal age is 21. I'm not sure what the legal age here in Australia is. It's 18. It's 18. So, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is that the the age that you can get your full driver's license in Samoa is 17. And then voting age is 21, which is a bit, you know, I'm just like, how can you trust someone to drive and be on the road and not trust them and then have to wait four years later to trust them to vote? I think um, a lot of youths are very informed and they know what they're talking about and they know what they're saying. So I think giving them the right to vote would be amazing. Because a few years ago, I did an interview not recent, uh, recently with ABC Radio and they brought up the fact that there was a bill that, um, that was brought into parliament to um, decrease the voting age to 19. But that did not, um, it didn't fall through. So uh, um, more people voted against it. And it was just, it was shocking. It was very shocking to me. Yeah. And you were saying too how this would have been your first year that you would have been able to vote for age two. So it's crazy to think that you, like, I don't know, me personally, I'm not 21 yet. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine what it would be like to have to wait to vote because. You'd, I don't know, I would want to do it so badly. So that's a real shame. And it would have really affected um, the demographics of who's voting when people who are overseas who can't travel or people who can't be there in person to vote um, aren't able to do it because online voting just isn't an option. Um, so that's, yeah, I think that, that probably had a huge impact for overseas Samoans. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than, I had a question too because I'm not 100% sure I tried to do some research but I've got some conflicting um, results is voting mandatory in Samoa um so if you don't register to vote you will get fined so I'm yeah. not sure if that I think it would be considered mandatory then yeah I think Maybe it's that the same yeah. as Australia like if you're not on the yeah. voting um, yeah. role then yeah. you can be fined for it so yeah um, which yeah. means it's pretty similar to Australia in terms of that. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Um, so I'm really sorry you didn't you weren't able to vote. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I felt really like I was really bummed out about it. Like during the elections, just seeing everything going on and everything unfolding, I was like, oh, I could have been voting, but you know, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah, that's right. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, or I, um, we were talking about um, the quota in, for women in parliament, which I think is really interesting. Um, you introduced me to a really um, this really interesting policy, which is that ten percent of women in parliament, people in parliament, have to be women, and if not, they'll add in extra people so that they they have the the right quota is that right do you want do you want to talk about that a bit explain that a bit in a bit more detail yeah um so i would um it's a great bill honestly just um just for representation and the last elections in 2016 they only had four women 
that were elected and due to the quota they needed one more so one other person one other woman was um you know she automatically became a member of parliament i'm not sure how they choose which woman maybe it's like who has the most votes when they um when they tally up all the votes and see who had the most and then they would choose that so yeah they had four last in 2016 and then that increased to five this election in 2020 what year is it 2021 in 2021 there were five so five women were elected so the quota was satisfied and they didn't need to um to appoint another woman yeah i think that's a really interesting um yeah. How, how to look at how that works in practice because we talk a lot about quotas um and in something like parliament um i, I think it's really interesting um yeah as i also mentioned earlier the fast leader if elected the fast leader would be the first female prime minister of samoa um which obviously would be groundbreaking um do you think like have how much of discussions of gender impacted this election has it been something that people are talking about um honestly i don't think it has because no matter your gender um i think it's it's more about service than gender so if you have served your constituency then they would be more um they would lean more towards voting for you no matter if you're a man or a woman um yeah but i think me personally i would love to have a female prime minister so maybe among some youths, they would they would share the same views as me. So they might be uh, more inclined to vote for FAST so that we could have a female prime minister. Um, and just to add on something I saw earlier today, I saw that, so the woman that was elected, or not elected, but um, she was appointed to meet the quota in 2016 she proposed a bill not long a few years maybe last year or a few years ago but she proposed a bill to increase that number from five to seven um which would be good as well i think it'd be great but that was also it didn't um it didn't go through but maybe with a female prime minister it might it might increase but that's the thing it's more i think everyone's really earned their place we have a of um the leader of fast our former deputy prime minister she's a woman and she is very highly respected in her village and in her constituency because of just how much service and how much work she's done for her people yeah it'll be yeah it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because my first um, introduction to this election was I saw something about how, um, like, sort of the shock twist and how it could potentially lead to a female prime minister. And I think internationally that's viewed as something that's, like, wow, big. But obviously to the people of a country, the main thing yeah. is are they going to be a good prime minister? Are they going to be a good leader? What are they, you know, how do they treat their constituents? Do they care about them? So I don't know. It will be interesting to see if if she is elected um, or if fast does get the government, um, what that looks like. Um, are there any other um, tensions in Samoa regarding these elections? Like what are the um, may big talking points 
um, happening? What are the things people are most worried about with this election? Um, so maybe I think because we had the same leader for 22 years, I'm 21, so that's more than I've been alive, more <laughs> years than I've been alive, and that's crazy. Um, but I think there's a lot of just maybe people are worried they don't know what the future would look like without without the prime minister because yeah. we've gone such a long time with him that we don't know what it'd be like without him and um he is a very qualified man very intelligent and yeah i me as well i'm not like i don't know if anyone would be able to do the same thing he did because he has done a lot of developments for the country and he has done so many things so i'm also nervous about what a new prime minister a potential potential new prime minister can bring to the table and what change they can do um yeah there's and just a lot of um i think a lot of tensions between friends families and just the whole public you know um on whether which party you support there are people that support hrpp people that support fast and then everyone's just you know going at it with each a, other a lot of people in like your life like your family and stuff are they talking about it a lot is it something yes. that's popping up or do you avoid politics um it is popping up a lot so um i have Put it out there in the public that I would have voted for fast if I wasn't if I was back home, and I have had some family members say, "Oh, you know, you're da 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 da. Why would you do that?" <laughs> but I I always try and, and avoid that. I try and avoid, um, you know, just confrontation and conflict over political views. I always just say, you know, if HRPP wins, that's good. I'm happy. If fast wins, I'm happy. No matter who wins, I'm happy as like it won't affect um my relationship with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm just like, well, you know, um, it's all for the betterment of the country. No party would want the country to go, you know, to not succeed and to not develop. So yeah, I just think it's it's good to have good discussions about it but not to argue and and fight over it yeah absolutely oh that sounds really healthy and really really nice um is yeah. there anything else about this election that you want to share with us from your perspective anything else you'd like to say on the topic um yes i would just like to i think this election has just brought into light the power of social media and also the power of the youth um, maybe now people wouldn't view youths, um, the youths as like, you know, too young, too naive to know what they're talking about. So, and also just the power of overseas Samoans, because they have had, they have played a big, a big role in this election. So yeah, all these different factors that that have now been considered and people are now made aware of and no matter what happens no matter what results come out um everyone should just you know i think it's starting to die down so everyone is starting to to cool down calm down relax and just be like oh, you okay 
but yeah, it's been very interesting, and I have, I'm very happy to to be alive during this time. Especially, it's a very important um, time in the politics of the country. Just to have such a close, you know, a narrow gap between uh, an equal tie between both parties, and just with one man having the power to decide who becomes. Uh, who becomes prime minister? But a lot of jokes have been said that he should just demand deputy prime minister or something. <laughs> given that he has this much power. <laughs> but yeah, um, looking forward to what the results would be and how everything would turn out, and waiting another five years to finally vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Another five years. <laughs> um. Well, that's been a really interesting conversation. I really um, appreciate you bringing up the point about young people and social media and overseas um, donors. Like, I think it's really important to look at um, in any election ever um, what the new um, demographics are and what the um, who the people who are really changing it and making things look different to what they were. Are. Um, and I think obviously. Social media plays a huge role in that. Um, social media has allowed us to talk about this today and hopefully share it with a bunch more people, which is really lovely. Um, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so, so, so interesting learning about this. Um, I'm so fascinated. And like you said, um, we'll ha have to keep an eye out and just see what happens with um, what what the government what party is going to lead the government and where this one seat holder independent seat holder is going to decide to go um who knows um we'll definitely have to keep an update and probably post something to mice when we finally know because i'm sure everyone will be on the edge of their seats um thank you to everybody for watching live or listening via the podcast a huge thank you to mario for taking the time to join me today and just like me like relying on you to share all this information to everyone like it's a lot for one person to do but it's been so insightful so thank you so so much um are there any final words of wisdom you'd like to share or anything you'd like to promote um go ahead um i'd just like to say thank you thank you georgia for having me and thank you myas for um giving me the platforms to just discuss um an important topic and but yeah that's all i want to say just want to remind everyone if you want to see some live pacific performance um catch us tomorrow at one o'clock at either menzies if the weather is good tomorrow or the airport lounge um if it's raining and yeah hope you enjoy it and i hope you all have a lovely week and yes thank you Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I've just put the link below to the MSA Cultural Festival, but definitely go for, to see the live performance. What sort of stuff is the live performance going to include? Is it going to be like music and dance? It's just, it, it'll be dances. I think we have five. Um, oh, wow. It won't be too long, maybe just over 10 minutes. So, yeah. Um, so if you're late, you might miss the whole thing. So be there early. Be there early, five to one. I'll be there for yeah. sure. Um, awesome. If you want to appear on an episode of Atlas or have any ideas for something we, you think we should talk about, um, fill out the form that I'll link to the podcast or email atlas at myas.org.au. Um, keep an 
eye out for future episodes of Atlas on our Facebook page. Um, keep up to date with everything going on with Atlas and Myers via Myers's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and our website, of course. And make sure um, you check out our upcoming events. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the program, we've got our Model UN training this Friday and plenty of other stuff going on. And, of course, go to the Cultural Festival. Um, before we go, I just want to, I'm asking all our um, guests this um, this year, Romario, so I'm curious, can you please finish this sentence for me? The future of international affairs lies in? I would say lies in how do I, um, what's her correct term for it? Um, lies in the youth, I think lies in the generation of tomorrow. Oh, oh, lovely. I love that answer. Excellent. That's a lovely way to end things. So that's all <laughs> for this week of Atlas. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Atlas. Atlas is the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society, or MIAS. MIAS is an apolitical student society at Monash University, Clayton, that works towards establishing a network of students passionate about international affairs. To become a member to get access to MIAS perks and events, such as our Model United Nations workshops, our roundtables featuring experienced diplomats, or our fun social events, go to portal.msa.monash.edu. Sign in, go to buy club membership, select MIAS and fill out your personal details. You can follow Myers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn, all of which are linked in the description, or visit our website at myers.org.au. If you have any general queries or contributions following this episode, please email us at atlas at Thanks for listening. See you next time.